Hello there, thanks for tuning in to what critics call the sound of the start of your weekend. Is that because you're your own biggest critic? (laughs) Yeah, it's the Not The Top 20 podcast betting show sponsored by Betfair. And we're making betting picks ahead of one of the heaviestly reduced dockets that I've come across. Uh, There's 11 games in League 2, there's 4 games in League 1. We're going to be seeking out some value picks. This podcast is therefore for over-18s only. Uh, Gambling comes with significant risks. So please make sure that you're aware of them and go to begambleaware.org. Last week, well, we both got one pick out of four. Not great, but when yours is a 5-1 to winner. Yes. Profit either way. Yes, Cameron McGeehan. Uh, doing the business scoring. I probably didn't have like a back post tap in from a set piece down as his goal, but they all count and I will take it. Cam McGeehan, you love to see him. Mm. Uh, for me, it was a next best winner, Orient winning late against Reading to save me from a bagel. Uh, Shrewsbury Northampton was kind of their headline pick. It was our naps, George draw no bet Absolutely and Shrews scoring an injury time meant that it was a loser for both Hosky of us. Hosky hitting the bar from a penalty at 0-0. Uh, and then, as if to make things even funnier, Omar Shomi had a goal disallowed. At least we got two tweets about that. And all good journalists know that two tweets is enough. Yeah, I tried to find any mention of it elsewhere, but I couldn't. So Nor I don't know if I. a couple of mates have just decided to just have us on. Do you think they're just <laughs> rubbing it in? Yeah. Just having you on? Show me the offside goal, please. Show us proof. And in BTTS 6-fold, we got four out of six. We both got one wrong, which I'd say of of all possible scenarios of a losing BTTS 6-fold, that's the one I'm most comfortable with. We were done before 3pm because George picked BTTS yes in the early game. But George, you're the form player, having made profit last week. What's your nap? I'm back in Cambridge at even money at home to Shrewsbury. So again, getting against Shrewsbury, as mentioned, their win against Northampton at home last week came from... A very late Daniel Udo goal on the balance of play. They were probably second best. Northampton, the more constant threat, uh, missing a, a very good chance to score from a penalty. And the goal itself was, you know, kind of on the break, squeezing at the near post. It's a huge three points for Shrews and all credit to them for getting it. This is going to be a much tougher assignment against the Cambridge team who might look out of form. And there's no denying that when you look at the uh, their fixtures, as of late, um, they're winless in their last five. However, they've picked up two quite decent points within those five. They got a point at Pride Park against Derby. They held Port Vale, who've been in you know a decent side so far this season, one one all at home, um, where they were probably the stronger team. There's that weird blot, which is the four nil um, home defeat against Barnsley, which kind of goes against their general trend this season of being a pretty good side at home. That is one of the weirdest games of the season so far where Barnsley didn't create a great deal. They were just incredibly cl- clinical as they have been for the, for the most part of this season. I think I mentioned it last week. As far as I remember, it was scored with their first shot in the game. Good strike yeah. from Cadden. And then the second goal from a set piece, it was a corner that was headed away by Morrison straight onto the head of a Barnsley player and then looped into the far corner. So they were weird circumstances around yeah. that goal and then chasing the game at 2-0 they gave away two on the break I, d- I did Guardian Football Weekly with Max Rushton hosting who's a Cambridge fan and we were talking about this I can't remember if it was on or off air sorry let me pick that up for you mate bit of a name drop he's not that big a name is he Max Rushton I know one of the biggest names in podcasting yes one of the biggest legends in podcasting right mate Okay, I think it's time for you to pick something up. Love you, Max. Have me on the show, please, not him. Um, when um, And we were talking either 
either before or on air, I can't remember, and he was saying how watching this game, it felt like basically Barnsley didn't do much, but every time they went forward, they scored. And that's kind of been the, the story of Barnsley for the most part this season. So I'm happy to to basically ignore it. But if we look at the underlying numbers, as we often do, Ooh. Cambridge have a, an, a, a very positive expected goals ratio at home this season. It kind of tallies with their... Um, with, with their form, I guess. I think it's plus 0.25, uh, their XG ratio at home. And three of their six games at home have come against teams currently in the top four. And you may be like, well, that's, you know, tilted by the fact that they have um, probably beaten them. No, they don't, haven't. Don't put words in my mouth. Well, no, because you said that before. <laughs> and it, it's it's annoying. Um, they, uh, yeah, so far this season, they have beaten Oxford 2-0 uh, already. Uh, they lost that 4-0 game to, to Barnsley and they, they lost 2-1. Um, against Stevenage too but they've beaten Bristol Rovers who are now a decent side at home they've beaten Reading 1-0 and the one will draw with Port Vale so their home form is generally good and they've had not the easiest fixtures Shrewsbury on the other hand have exactly the opposite kind of record where Shrewsbury's away form is poor their expected goals ratio away from home is the worst in the league by miles 0.0 uh, sorry 0.8 I think it is expected goals ratio so nearly a goal a game behind their own XG and this is despite the fact that they have played two of the sides in the uh, bottom four of the uh, of the league away from home where they've already played Carlisle and Fleetwood also uh, Leighton Orient who are up in uh, 16th so they've had more fortunate games than you'd, ne- than you'd probably expect um, and Shrews have only had 25 open play shots in their five away games so you've got in Cambridge a side who've been pretty solid defensively at home against a side who've been toothless away from home I watched the whole of Shrews' last uh, 90 minutes away from home against Oxford where they were they kind of looked okay in midfield, like out of possession a bit, but they, they didn't create anything and they weren't able okay to Okay, in midfield, out of possession you know, a bit. You know when you, watch, when you watch a game and you can kind of see like they pressed okay and like mm. for, for a time in the first 20 minutes I was like, oh God, this isn't quite as comfortable as I thought it was going to be. And then despite quite a lot of effort you then realise that they're actually not getting, not getting the ball anywhere near the goal. And you're like, fine. It doesn't yeah. really matter if they keep winning it off us because they're not doing anything with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Cambridge should have by far the better of this game. It kind of suits us, I guess, that Shrews won last weekend and Cambridge coming to this off the back of five winless. Because if this game had taken place, say, three weeks ago, I don't think you'd be getting even money about Cambridge. So evens, Cambridge is my nap. Also at even money, my nap, but it's Leighton Orient, draw no bet, away at Carlisle. It is famously a long trip to Carlisle and that is never a great thing when you're back in the away team. But I like Leighton Orient. They've won me a few bets in the betting show in the last six weeks or so. Uh, home wins, I think it was against Shrewsbury and against uh, Fleetwood. Uh, Satiriu provided me with my, my, my most sort of exciting moment so far in the betting show season with that winner late on against Exeter at a juicy price. Uh, and I'm travelling away with them in spirit, not not actually. Uh, their last eight games in the league, Orient have seen them win four, draw two and lose two. Uh, that was off the back of starting the season with three defeats. So the last eight games show what I believe to be true, that they are really settled now, that their performance level backs up those results crucially and that a slight tweak in system and style about six weeks ago has made a massive difference and credit to Richie Wellens for doing that because sometimes and, and probably particularly when you're moving up a division, there there will likely need to be a couple of pragmatic tweaks in order to uh, start accumulating points and kind of earn the right to uh, play the way that he wants to play. So uh, it's been a good uh, switch to three at the back system. It's probably not Wellens' preferred system, but 
it's been the right thing for him to do for this team. I think the back three of Brandon Cooper, Daniel Happy and Ed Turns is is really nice balance. Um, there's youth, there's physicality and there's quality on the ball there. That gives them a nice platform. Uh, Archibald is playing left wing backs, probably not his preferred position, but I think he's doing a decent job and he looked bright against Reading last weekend. Away from home, their last four, uh, it, was a, it was a fairly average performance, probably the worst of the four last time out at Fleetwood, but they still came out really strong. You look at the stats in this one, they peppered Fleetwood for the first half hour. They were the better team, really, in terms of flying out the traps, but they didn't score the goal. And in the second half, Fleetwood did uh, and won that one 1 0. Uh, there was a 1 0 draw away at Peterborough average performance but kind of ground it out they did enough without the ball to, to keep Bosch at bay and then a really strong performance at Exeter 2-1 win they were dominant there against an Exeter team that were top of the league at the time and a strong performance in a 0-0 against Blackpool before that one so last four I think pretty pleased with their away performances a lot of this is about Carlisle I think it's maybe a decent time to get against them given their standout result last weekend a 3-1 win at Bolton you know I don't think it's going too far today. It was a famous win. They took over 4,000 fans. They made an unbelievable racket. Jordan Gibson scored a hat-trick. It was just a fantastic day out against one of the most well-fancied teams. And it was only their second win of the season in the league, having come up from League Two with Leighton Orient. But they're still struggling to create on a sort of sustainable level. Those goals against Bolton, a penalty... Uh, a deflected long-range strike and the last one when the goalkeeper was up for a corner and they won it and broke. So I'm still going to need to see more to believe that Carlisle are even a decent attacking team. Their open play XG is really poor. It's not as bad as Cheltenham, who've scored one goal this season. It's not quite as bad as Shrewsbury, who have been pretty poor, but it's not far off. They're certainly in the same sort of bucket as those teams. In seven of 12 league games, they've had two shots on target or fewer. That's just not a lot. Um, And even if you stretch it back to the end of their League Two campaign, you know, the goals dried up uh, in the main from about March onwards. They scored less than a goal per game uh, in their last 13 League Two games last season, and they're scoring less than a goal per game this season. So it's 23 league goals in their last 25 regular season league games. So something for Paul Simpson to to sort out, really, in order for them to, to stay clear of relegation. I note that they are second favourites for the drop, despite being just outside the dotted line at the moment. That has to be performance database. Their numbers are, are just very, very poor. And the fact is that they're struggling to score, having drawn a blank in, in five out of 12. And also compounding that by only keeping one clean sheet. So I just think that Orient are the better side here because they're traveling away and because I don't expect it to be a high scoring game. I'm bringing the draw no bet insurance in here uh, and and having an even money punt, draw no bet. But I just believe Orient are the better side and better equipped at the moment to grind out results in League One. They've been good to me so far this season and I'm hoping that they will be again uh, this weekend. Even money, Leighton Orient, draw no bet away at Carlisle. Next up. Yeah, my next best is Barrow, who go to MK Dons. Draw no bet is the way I'm playing this, which is seven to four. Um, yeah, I'm amazed how short MK are for this one. You know, they're even money um, in the in the match odds with the Betfair Sportsbook, and that doesn't really align with where I see them right now. I think the manager is going to come under some serious pressure fairly soon if they don't improve. I think their form coming into this is so poor where they've played, you know, they're winless in their last six. They've got three draws, uh, two of which are against Sutton and Walsall, who are two teams that, you know, their form lines aren't particularly good. Um, one was a, a decent draw against Notts County where they played okay in back-to-back games against Notts County and Stockport. I kind of think those games came at the worst possible time for MK where, despite playing okay, 
they were suddenly three winless in the four games since then. They've been really poor in. Um, and they come up against a Barrow side who are just so solid under Pete Wilde. Like you look at Barrow's games so far this season, they've, they've lost three games. All three of them did come away from home. They're away from home here, but they're all by a solitary goal. Two of them are 1-0 defeats against Stockport and Mansfield, who I think you and I both think are two of the, the kind of four best teams in the league. And the most recent was a 2-1 defeat against Grimsby, where they were really good on the day. Grimsby were clinical, Barrow created a lot of chances, weren't able to get anything out of the game, but certainly Barrow fans would have left feeling like they deserved at least a point. So the three the three defeats have been by, by a solitary goal. They are rock solid defensively. They rarely don't score only two games a season they haven't scored in. So going to an MK side who are kind of licking their wounds, who aren't playing particularly well, getting seven to four taking out the draw just seems too good to pass up. Um, so yeah, I really like my nap this week. I think I probably prefer this seven to four to quite a few of my naps previously in the season, mm. but can only play the way I'm facing. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, my next best is Stockport to win to nil against Harrogate. And it's 15 to eight. So 2.88 with the Betfair Sportsbook. I really wanted to keep finding a way to get with Stockport. But if I'm honest as well, I've got a strong anti-Harrogate stance purely in, in, in punting terms. I am not, uh, I'm not physically or spiritually against the concept of Harrogate or Harrogate Town, uh, who I have a lot of respect for. And I've, I've actually really enjoyed watching them since they joined the EFL uh, three seasons ago. But uh, in football terms, I think they are picking up way more points than their performances suggest. Now, Stockport couldn't be picking up any more points than they are picking up. Just win every game. Six wins in a row in the league. Louis Barry and Tanto Olafe have scored 15 between them in the last 10 league games. Uh, I think it might... Yeah, I think it is in the last 10. Paddy Madden scored a hat-trick in the Pizza Cup in midweek, so he's ready to go. Carl Wooten is back from injury, probably thought he was their best attacker before an injury took him out of last season. Uh, Callum Camps is back from injury. Sarsovic in midfield is probably in the form of his life. Will Collar has hit a nice rhythm. Uh, he's a really good player at this level. He's scored or assisted in six of the last eight games for Stockport. So going forward, they've really hit their straps. And it took them a while to settle defensively. They, they, they changed a fair amount of personnel at the back and they also changed their general style and the way that they look to, to approach games, which you know, is is not that normal to do with the same manager as you had before. So I respect that they've given that a go with Chaloner. And I think that the ends justify the means, even though there were teething issues for the first month of the season, which set them back a little bit. Uh, they're now back in business with six in a row. Uh, they've won three of the last four to nil. And the one goal they did concede in a 3-1 win at Accrington was in the 87th minute of 3-0 up. Most of the other games, they've just killed it. They're playing against Harrogate, whose attacking numbers are dreadful. They've scored 11 goals, which is less than, than one per game. And seven of them came in three games against Morecambe, Newport and Salford, uh, who in different parts of the season have all been pretty poor, particularly defensively. So they've scored four in the other nine league games that they've played, including five blanks. Uh, all of the, the times that they haven't scored, they've lost to nil. They've actually improved their defensive record compared to the last two seasons. That was something they, they probably did need to do. Uh, they conceded 1.48 goals per game last season, which is a really poor record, and now it's down to just over one. So they're not terrible defensively, but they have lost a lot of that attacking quality. Uh, and the saga with Luke Armstrong didn't help at all. He was meant to leave on deadline day. He wanted to leave on deadline day. It didn't go through for whatever reason, and that was a bit of a problem. I think the gap between these two teams individually and collectively is, is massive. And if Harrogate score 
and the bet is killed. I'll be surprised if it's because they've just cut Stockport open. Um, it'll probably be a 30-yard free kick or a penalty out of nothing or something. I, I expect Stockport to win this one comfortably to nil. Remember that this season's big offer from Betfair is the Match Odds 90 market. These are the markets with the 90 icon, which you can see on the Betfair Sportsbook. It means that if the team that you bet on is winning when the clock hits 90, you'll be paid out as a winner, no matter what happens in added time. So if you've backed, for example, Stockport this weekend on the Match Odds 90 market, and if Harrogate score an injury time equaliser from a 30-yard free kick or a random penalty, you'll still be paid out as a winner uh, with Stockport. There are terms and conditions to this, so please read them. That's the Match Odds 90 market from Betfair. George, who are you backing to score this weekend? So, is an apology. I don't think I owe, after a 5-12 winner last weekend... Hopefully an apology isn't the right word, but I do feel I need to explain myself here because I spent quite a long time this morning combing through the goal scorer markets, trying to find both a long shot and a goal scorer. And I messaged you and I said, would it be really bad of me if I just do the same ones again? <laughs> and for content purposes, maybe it is, although I'm still going to talk about both of them. Mm-hmm. But in terms of being honest and genuine about what I think the best two bets are in both categories, my goal scorer bet is Cameron McGeehan to score any time for Colchester away at Forest Green at last week it was five to one and he scored. And this week it's six to one. Look, George, on behalf of myself, but also all the listeners, can I just say all we ask from you is that you are honest and genuine and the last thing we want is for you to be making decisions, uh, making picks that are not honest and genuine. So good. firstly, thank, thank you. you. And secondly, Ooh, that was good. I'm also backing Cameron McGeehan at 6-1. to Well, one you'd be mad not to. As my goal scorer pick, because as Limmy, Scottish comedian, famously says, don't back down, double down. Yeah. And quite frankly, we both believe the standout value in the goal scorer markets, in the, what, 14, no, 15 games that there are in the EFL this weekend with the Betfair Sportsbook is Cam McGeehan to score for Colu at 6-1. to one. Yes, correct. And I, you know, it's pretty obvious as to why. We spoke about it last week. He is a genuine goal threat at all levels, but at this level especially, he plays for a Colchester side who are very attacking in terms of their, their mindset and their play. He had four shots uh, last time out in the, goal, in the game he scored in against Morecambe in a game where they're playing against 10 men for the most part. But I do kind of think that both from set pieces and from open play, he's almost their biggest goal threat. And this just isn't being reflected in his price. Like I genuinely, normally, if you put up a 5 to one winner, especially in a goal scorer pick, you probably shouldn't go in again because realistically Cameron McGinn isn't going to score in every game and he's actually scored in two and two. But when the price is so out of line with what he's doing game to game, you have to be. And then it's also, as I said last week, it was a perfect storm where we had... Um, Colchester playing at home to a Morecambe side whose away form is very poor. Here they go to a Forest Green side whose home form is horrific, mm. whose defensive uh, record so far this season is incredibly bad and are so down on confidence. I can't, I just can't ignore it. It is, it's too big a price. Don't is, ignore it. He is someone who um, surely in time it's going to get cottoned onto that he he's just being mispriced game by game. I think there's been enough studying and understanding of the human brain (laughs) and human emotion to know at this point in the planet's history that ignoring your true feelings 
is just about the worst thing you can do. Wow. So I'm really pleased. Is that one? Is that just a long way of saying follow your gut? Sure. Fine. Gut health. Five big, big thing these days. Five of McGeehan's ten shots this season have been inside the six yard box. Four of them that weren't inside the six yard box were between six and eighteen yards inside the box elsewhere, and he's had one from range in his League Two career. So the spell that he had at Luton and now at Colchester, he has thirty goals in eighty-one starts. 0.32 goals per 90. The standout value at 6-1 to one in our humble, mm. most humble of opinions. Uh, my long shot, I'll go first, is Aaron Hayden. I think we've both picked centre-back goal scorers here. I'm Aaron Hayden-bound. Wrexham at home to Salford. Big game in League 2. There's a couple of really juicy fixtures, including the one that's live on the box at 12.30 on Saturday. Notts County against Mansfield. Wrexham against Salford stands out for sort of the TV documentary derby purposes. Uh, and I like Hayden to score at 15 to 2, 8.5 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Why do I like it? Well, since Hayden became fit at the start of September, he didn't uh, wasn't fit enough to start the campaign for Wrexham. But since he's been back in the team, no centre-back in League 2 has had more shots than him. No centre-back in League 2 has generated a higher expected goals number than Aaron Hayden. All of his shots have been central, basically between the posts from between four and 12 yards out. He's the target in that central zone and he's dominant enough in the air to be getting good quality attempts at goal. He scored against Tranmere. He scored 11 goals in 26 games last season in the National League. That's a centre-back scoring 11 in 26. Now, understanding that the National League is a lower level, understanding that Hayden, like some of his other Wrexham teammates, should never have been playing in the National League in the first place, and that Wrexham scored around three and a half goals per game. I'm not saying he will score at anything near that level at League Two, but he's already got one. No centre-back has been a bigger threat than him since he's been available to play. And Salford started the season terribly when it came to defending set-pieces. You might remember I picked Bagaloo to score against them for that reason. Maybe someone else as well, probably Show Me, uh, who's probably the most backed centre-back of all time now on this pod. Uh, and in fairness to Salford, they have improved a little bit, their defensive uh, set-piece output in the last month. But Wrexham are dominant from this situation. They've had the most set-piece shots in the league by 19 attempts already at quite an early point in the season. They love set pieces. Hayden's then their biggest threat. Uh, 8.5, 15-2, anytime. Aaron Hayden of Wrexham against Salford in the TV Doc Derby. What's your long shot? <laughs> I think you can probably guess, can't you? It's Omar Shomi to score um, sure. anytime for Sutton, who go to Doncaster. Doncaster. Really showing some creativity here. Well, I've just got to play the way I'm facing. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to play every ball as it comes. Um, if you watch the highlights back, I mean, I haven't seen this alleged disallowed goal, but if you watch the highlights back from Sutton's four goals they scored against um, Warsaw last Saturday, it is unbelievable how close Shomi is to every single one of them. Where there's one that Smith scores, where Shomi's genuinely about to head the ball in the back of the net and he gets pushed over, and before Smith kind of hooks it in with his with his foot. Um, he is 
and one of them from open play, he's just kind of there as well, which I couldn't really understand. <laughs> he, he's just... Fourth phase you know, from his, a set piece. Yeah. Just couldn't be bothered to get back, maybe. As you said when you first um, put him up, his goal record uh, previously has been very strong. He scored 10 in 67 games for Bromley. Like, it, it's, it's just coming. And given that Sutton will be buoyed by their 4-0 win, given they go to Doncaster, who've had their own struggles, and even though they're better now, still have serious defensive issues. And again, rank in the top six or seven in terms of expected goals against from set plays. He, like he's going to be again in <laughs> positions in this game where he will be in goal scoring. You know, there will be opportunities for him to score, and that twelve to one. I get. I just think when he starts scoring, or once he scored a couple, it's going to get much shorter. So, um, yeah, it would be ungenuine of me not to put him up. But, <laughs> but, but apologies for those who listen to this, hoping for um, new and novel information, because I'm purely thinking with my PNL hat, and I'm putting up the same again. So I'm on the BBC live text from the game now. 54th minute, here's potential option number one. Corner Sutton conceded by Isaac Hutchinson. Same minute, foul by Omas, show me. Okay. But we also have in the 72nd minute, attempt saved, Omar show me, header from the centre of the box is saved in the top well, left I think, corner. I, I think that is, because I was going to say, he did have opportunities. Like, in the game, he had... Um, to, to, just to finish this off, there's also 80th minute foul by Ross Tierney and then 81st minute foul by Omar Shomi. So that's that's probably the the third fav of the three. But it could have been that Tierney made a foul, there was a ball into the box and Shomi climbed all over someone and, and scored, but it was disallowed. Either way, he's going to score soon. So. This doesn't add any value to the actual betting pick itself. Well, but it's important to us. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, almost, I'm just quite annoyed that that was obviously the case. But um, yeah, I would... I just can't uh, twelve to one like it's going to happen. Okay, soon. mate. Yeah, so. no, I think we've, I think we've all got it at this just, stage. Just stop making me justify it, please. I, I think you're Ali, the one. Stop it. I think, I think <laughs> the extent to which you've been rattled by your own decisions is probably something that you should look into, maybe off camera, off air, if maybe, afterwards. Given what you were saying to me on the golf course yesterday, I think you can t- you could heed some of your own advice there. Why don't we talk about <laughs> uh, BTTS fourfold? Uh, not six this week because the reduced slate. There's no point chasing BTTS picks but we've got two each that we like the look of they're all in league two George yeah my BTTS stances um crew against Tranmere uh the top one since Nigel Atkins took charge of Tranmere there have been 14 goals in his four games wow Mr. Positivity really living by his name this is a good stat for you uh crew have played 12 games this season in seven not only BTTS has landed BTTST both yeah teams to score twice yeah wow and seven and seven of 12 market for it uh no no uh maybe we could ask better to Bet build a home team over 1.5 away team over so 1.5 you think um yeah i mean that would be it uh so crew get creative clearly you know there, there, there have been more goals in crew games than any other game any other teams this season uh so far ali yeah and uh, so against Tranmere, who we're seeing a lot of goals since Atkins took over, reason to think that might be the case again here. Grimsby, Accrington is my second pick. Uh, Grimsby have only failed to score at home once since the end of so since the 20th of February. Uh, Accrington are yet to keep a clean sheet on the road, so you have to think Grimsby probably fairly likely to get on the score sheet themselves. BTTS has landed in all of Accrington's last three games. Josh Andrews, clearly a player up front for Accrington, is playing very well. Um, and under John Coleman this season, we've seen them you know, I think we can be pretty confident they're not going to go to Grimsby and try and frustrate. They will fight fire with fire in what should be an end-to-end game. 
my BTTS duo, uh, Swindon Newport to start with. I'm going to this game. I'll be in the Newport end and I'm hoping to see goals. But that's not why I've picked it. I'm also expecting to see goals. Uh, Swindon's game's the highest scoring in the league. Uh, 4.09 goals per game in their 11 played so far this season. Um, there's obviously somewhat inflated by a couple of absolutely mad results. The 5-all against Wrexham springs to mind. 6-0 against... Uh, Crawley, wasn't it, among others. But still, 6 of 11 have gone over 3.5. They're a team who score a lot and are not very good defensively. And you can say broadly the same about Newport. 11 of their 12 games have gone over 2.5 goals. They're pretty desperate defensively. They've conceded 13 in 5 away. But they've also scored more than a goal a game away from home. And they have found ways to, to trouble opposition, particularly Bogle and Evans up top for them. And then Forest Green against Colchester. I always think, George, if you're looking for a BTTS pick, one of the great sort of ingredients or equations is a team that are both front-footed in their approach, have clear attacking threats and, a, and an attacking style of play, but a very soft centre. And I, th- I think you'd be perfect for BTTS. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a core. I've got a strong okay. core, not a soft centre. Um, and uh, both of these two teams broadly fit the bill. Colchester definitely do. Loads of attacking threats. Uh, Chilvers, McGeehan, fingers crossed, uh, Fevrier, uh, Tovide up front. They, they do look dangerous, but they cannot defend, seemingly. Uh, and as for Forest Green, well, they're bottom of the league because they've conceded two goals a game. Colu have conceded 1.8 per game. Uh, Colu better going forward, but I still think Forest Green, despite having lost six out of six at the new lawn, I think that they should be able to hurt Colchester at times here. So BTTS, Forest Green and Colchester United. So that spits out a fourfold with the Betfair Sportsbook at uh, 6.98. So two ticks under six to one. Uh, and it's Swindon, Newport, Forest Green, Colchester, Crew Tramere and Grimsby, Accrington, BTTS, yes, quad. Please, can you run me through your selections before we head off into the sunset? Cambridge Even Money is my nap. Uh, Barrow draw no bet at seven or four. My next best. Cameron McGeehan to score any time at six to one is my goal scorer pick. And Omar show me twelve to one any time for Sutton at Doncaster is my long shot. And sh- you'll show us some different picks next week. I mm, hope. I don't know. Unless you think they are appropriate <laughs> every week. I'm going into battle with Leighton Orient drawn a bet even money away at Carlisle United uh, also Stockport to win to nil away at Harrogate 15 to 8 2.88 Cameron McGeehan any time for Colu at Forest Green 6 to 1 with the Betfair Sportsbook Aaron Hayden of Wrexham to score against Salford at 8.5 15 to 2 and the BTTS quad Swindon Newport Forest Green Colchester Crew Tramier and Grimsby Accrington just under 6 to 1 all prices with the Betfair Sportsbook. Thank you so much for your sponsorship of this podcast heading into its, or well into rather, its third season. Uh, you can watch the betting show if you'd like to see The Office and if you'd like to see our sartorial elegance with your eyes rather than just imagining it, head to the Betfair YouTube channel. You can watch this show. Thanks very much for listening. Have a great weekend and go well. <laughs>